In her book, The Story of My Life, Helen Keller tells about the moment a whole new world opened up to her. So she describes it this way, and it's about two or three paragraphs. One day while I was playing with my new doll, Miss Sullivan put my big rag doll into my lap also, spelled D-O-L-L, and she tried to make me understand that D-O-L-L applied to both. Earlier in the day, we had a tussle over the words M-U-G and W-A-T-E-R. Miss Sullivan had tried to impress upon me that M-U-G is mug and that W-A-T-E-R is water, but I persisted in confounding the two. In despair, she dropped the subject for the time, only to renew it at the first opportunity. I became impatient at her, repeated attempts, and seizing the new doll, I dashed it upon the floor. I was keenly delighted when I felt the fragments of the broken doll at my feet. Neither sorrow nor regret followed my passionate outburst. I had not loved the doll. In the still, dark world in which I lived, there was no strong sentiment or tenderness. I felt my teacher sweep the fragments to one side of the hearth, and I had a sense of satisfaction that the cause of my discomfort was removed. She brought me my hat, and I knew I was going out into the warm sunshine, and this thought, if a wordless sensation may be called a thought, made me hop and skip with pleasure. We walked down the path to the well house, attracted by the fragrance of the honeysuckle with which it was covered, and someone was drawing water. And my teacher placed my hand under the spout. And as the cool stream gushed over one hand, she spelled into the other the word water, first slowly and then rapidly. I stood still, my whole attention fixed upon the motions of her fingers, and suddenly I felt a misty consciousness as of something forgotten, a thrill of returning thought, and somehow the mystery of language was revealed to me. I knew that W-A-T-E-R meant the wonderful, cool something that was flowing over my hand. That living word awakened my soul, gave it light, hope, and joy, and set it free. And there were barriers still, it is true, but barriers that could in time be swept away. Now, Helen Keller was blind, as we know, but in that moment, when she actually experienced this cool water against her skin, she was able to finally make this connection between the word water and the experience of water. And as she writes, quote, that living word awakened my soul and it gave it light, hope, and joy, and it set it free. I think this is in part what happened to the Samaritan woman at the well. She wasn't blind like Helen Keller, at least not physically, but there was this blindness to her own soul thirst, an unawareness to her own soul thirst that she couldn't name, yet her life had become this search to, to quench this thirst, but such each outcome only left her more thirsty. And yet she encounters Jesus at this well, a physical well that supplies water, and she experiences this transformation of her soul that not even she really can fully explain. But all she knows is she has to tell others about it at the end of that chapter because it is so real to her. It has changed her. Now, Helen Keller's book was entitled The Story of My Life. So I began to wonder if the Samaritan woman had written about her own experience that day, what would she have written? Sort of like Dear Diary, she went home or she had a journal and she wrote down that experience. Maybe it would have gone something like this. Quote, I met a man at the well today, Jacob's well. 
I went when I usually did, when the other women weren't around, around noontime. It's so hot at that time of day, but I'm really tired of being talked about. I'm tired of being looked down on. I'm tired of being the subject of everyone's gossip. I know I can't seem to sustain a healthy relationship, but that doesn't mean I should be the subject of everyone's judgment. I'm just so lonely. And I want, all I want to do is to feel so loved, to feel as if I matter to someone, to feel as if someone knows me and still accepts me. I'll even take something momentary. I'll even take something superficial if I can just have that feeling. But there was something different about this man. He seemed to really know me, and he's never met me. He seemed to know my heart, my loneliness, and my longings, but yet he didn't want to use me. And he was a man talking to a woman in the middle of the day, a Jewish man talking to a Samaritan woman, no less. That's unheard of. To them, we're usually only one level above a dog. But yet he acknowledged me, he noticed me, and he talked with me. And every defense and barrier I put up, theological arguments, small talk about other wells, ridiculous conversation about the right place to worship, he saw right past every defense, but yet I never felt condemned by him. All I felt was compassion. I felt as if he didn't just see through me, I truly felt he could see me as I am, and he respected me. And all of a sudden, I felt within me this longing No longer to numb my pain, but to open my heart to love. A love that values me and wants the best for me. And then this man, they called him Jesus, told me about this well. Not a well that I have to go to every day, but a well that's within me. A well that is literally like a spring of water. He called it living water. And he said it would continually bubble up into eternal life. I'm not sure what all that means, but I do know this. Whatever eternal life is, whatever living water means, it felt quenching to my soul. And this thirst I had for superficial relationships, this shame I've been feeling for the past year, the way I avoided anything real through superficial religion, the way I numbed my pain, and all the moments I believed everyone's judgment about me, all that seemed to dry up. And I began to experience within me this deep understanding that I'm loved, that I am valued. That I'm a human being with dignity. My soul began to feel alive, and I will never be the same. And I met this man at Jacob's well, but I guess if I had a name for this well of living water within me, I would call it love. Yeah, that's it, love. A well of love that never ends and continually flows. End of journal entry. Now, we're all living stories And I think our stories often overlap with the stories of others. We resonate. We relate to what feels similar to our own human condition. And the human condition, in many ways, is not that different from one person to the next. And we may be like this Samaritan woman at the well. And each day, we go to the same well to get sustenance that we think will quench the thirst we have deep within. And the Samaritan's well was called Jacob's well. But our well, or our wells, if you will, they go by other names. Maybe we draw from the well of impression management and we feel if we just impress enough people in our life and we live up to their expectations, we won't have to feel the emptiness in our soul. Maybe it's the well of shame and we keep going to that well again and again because we've convinced ourselves we aren't worthy of any kind of sustenance and we're defective and we don't deserve good water, so we settle for what's not good. 
There's the well of religious activity and achievement where we draw upon external busyness and success and we try to validate our existence and prove to others we're good and valuable or successful. Or maybe there's the well of relationships where we expect each relationship to meet our every need and to fill the hole in our soul. And by the way, if you don't think that's true, listen to the lyrics of every song written in the 80s. You will know for a fact that's what we one time believed. This person will fix everything and meet everything I've ever needed in my life. Maybe it's the well of self-condemnation where we keep drinking in the same memories from our past and we keep telling ourselves that we aren't worth love or respect or honor. Maybe really it's the well of addiction. We quench our thirst for a short time, but it really only numbs our inward pain. And maybe your well goes by another name, but whatever you name it, it's that go-to place you draw from to quench the longing in your soul. The problem is this, it never fully quenches. In fact, it just leaves us thirstier and thirstier and thirstier. And like this woman at the well, we're invited to draw our aliveness from this different kind of well, a well that contains living water. It's like a spring in our soul, and this spring in our soul brings forth eternal life. And eternal life is this kind of life that God lives. And so to have a spring of eternal life within us, to have this continual and available access to God's life-giving presence, grace, and love every moment of our every day. And there's no need to go outside of ourselves to seek love, acceptance, and intimacy, and affirmation. There is this inward spring in our soul that supplies that daily. I know when I'm going fishing or I'm going drawing from other wells outside of this inward well. I know it throughout my week, and I'm going to all those wells of impression management, and I'm going to those wells of insecurity, and I'm going to those wells of reactivity. I'm going to all these places to try to draw some sense of value from that. But there's nothing in there. It is dry. And sometimes I draw a little bit, but it just doesn't taste very good. But sometimes I'll just do whatever I can just to get a little sip. And then I go back to this well of eternal life, this well within that supplies everything, as Jesus says, I need from divine love and divine care and divine affirmation. And we draw from that well of eternal life when we pray. We draw from that well when we admit our life is unmanageable. We We draw from that well when we're scared or feeling lonely and we need reassurance of God's love. We draw from that well when we worship. When we sing, when we sit in silence and feel God's love rising up within us, we, we're drawing from that well when we have those moments of deep gratitude and we sense deep within that everything will be okay even when all outward evidence tells us the opposite. And we draw from that well when we're able to forgive or offer kindness or live with peace and we know it's not something we could do on our own. Author and spiritual director Joyce Rupp She even invites us to be open to what she calls the thirst of a deeper nature. And she says this, There's many kinds of inner thirsting. Not to thirst for things of the ego, such as recognition, prestige, power, and success is very difficult. Once we shake ourselves loose from these longings, our spirit will be intent on asking for the living water for our thirsty soul instead of the things that feed our thirsty ego. And then she asks this really important question. What are some of the thirsts of a deeper nature? What are the yearnings for our heart in relation to God? And she names a few. Peace of mind and heart. Healing of old wounds. 
greater acceptance of ourselves, justice for everyone who is exploited, discovery of who we truly are, harmony with families, wisdom to make good choices, forgiveness of ourselves and others, freedom from false messages of our mind, reverence and enthusiasm for life, and a willingness to hear God's voice. And then she poses this invitation, quote, Let us look deeply into our lives today to see the nature, the quality, and the intensity of our thirst. And then let's ask God for living water for our soul and then hold our cup waiting to receive. And that's what I'm going to invite you to do in our last few moments. Let's look deeply into our lives today to see the nature, the quality, and the intensity of our thirst. And then let's ask God for living water for our soul and then hold our cup waiting to receive. And in the next few moments, I want to invite you to do this. And if it makes you uncomfortable, don't worry about it. But I've been in some Quaker settings where they've done a palms down, palms up kind of thing. And what they do is they practice palms down. I'm going to turn over everything turn over everything that does not quench my thirst. And then they just put on their legs, palms up, and I'm going to receive from God the living water God has for me that will quench this longing in my soul.